Welcome to Life Learnings. My name is Paul Kachansky, and in our studios we have a guest, Cocteau Yip. Cocteau, welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio. Thank you very much. Now, you're an international speaker, presenter, and researcher from Singapore, and you have a special interest in, I'd say, what, mental health? Oh, yes, mental and spiritual health. Mental and spiritual health. Yes. Give us a bit of your background. Why are you so passionate about this subject? Well, everyone has some fear or fears or other, Mm -hmm. and I grew up with my fears. Mm -hmm. And when I became a Christian, and as I got to know Christ, I found that they, a lot of them, gradually disappeared. So would you say now you don't have any fears? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but what, the, what, what we're dealing with are common emotional fears, which most people have. And as they disappear, your life becomes more at ease, more at peace, mm-hmm. uh, more comfortable. Uh, you become more courageous. So you face bigger fears uh-huh. and win. Uh huh. All right. So that's what we're talking about today: overcoming fears. Yes. What kind of fears? Well, the most painful fear are emotional fears. I've asked people uh, many a time, "What is more more painful, S- something physical that's happened to you, or something emotional?" And, and what's one hundred percent of the time, it's emotional pain, emotional fear. Really. So. Cocteau, oftentimes people say that um, their most common fear is the fear of public speaking. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> more, than, more than death. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so, but emotional pain, emotional fear is, is more deep than a physical pain? You see, public speaking is fearful when you are in that moment, mm-hmm. right? But a common emotional fear can nag at you, can invade your sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because the very nature of fear is that we run from it, it what? haunts us. Why is that? Well, that's fear itself. It's been said that there is nothing to fear but fear itself. Uh-huh. So how does one get from running away from fear to turning around to confront it? And how do we do that? Ah, That's what we'll learn about today. That's what we're going to go into today. Okay. So there are obviously a number of responses that people can go through, and you've outlined a few of them. Mm -hmm. But just run through them again. So what are some responses? Well, let's talk about the fears first, right? Okay. Uh, most of the fear that we face are shame mm-hmm. and rejection and loneliness and death. Mm-hmm. Uh, we run from and we hide. Mm-hmm. We are ashamed, so we, we, we bury them. Yes. We never confront them. The trick is to face them. But how do we face our fears? Yes, facing yes. our giants, so to speak. Exactly. You know, we, we, with those fears around us, we blame, we pretend, we erect walls. Uh-huh. How do we begin to tear down our own walls that we have created ourselves. Yes. Now the the, the walls. The greater the fear, the higher the walls, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And um, we feel protected within the walls. Is it a safe place to be, though? Ah, we, we feel it's a safe place, but we've walled ourselves in, and walled others out. Ah. Right. 
So fear is a prison. And you're trapped inside. Uh, you're trapped inside. Uh-huh. Now the freedom is the ability. The freedom comes from the ability to break that down. How do we do that? Ah, we must look. With the fear being in us, we must look outside of us. For the Where? solution. To God himself. Can because, God because God said, mm-hmm. and perfect love casts out fear. And who is perfect love? Yes, but Christ himself. Beautiful. Yeah, so we'll go into this in, in multiple steps, you know. Nice, okay. Now, I, I'll tell you some stories. Uh, I yes. was working in a pharmaceutical company, an international pharmaceutical company, one of the biggest in the world. Okay. And they sent experts out to teach us how to overcome fear. Mm-hmm. Now, why would hard-nosed businesses mm-hmm. want to teach its uh, top managers how to overcome fear? And their motivation is because if, if they pull the team together, let's say to move a large factory from Singapore to China mm-hmm. in six months, and they pull together the experts, engineers and accountants and IT people, they said that when they pull together a group of experts, they because they are experts in their field and with each other, they can work together very effectively in the technical area, in the technical sense. Yes. But what keeps them from working together is the fear of each other. For example, if mm-hmm. I had a great idea and I stuck my neck out and it didn't work, ah, the fear of it not being of being blamed. Rejection. Rejection, mocking, shame. Mm. You see? So I want to tell you this story. Uh, the experts, they pulled together 12 of us to help us overcome and to, to first recognize our common emotional fear mm-hmm. and then to overcome them. Right? And as we talked and we felt safe with each other, people began to tell their stories of their personal fears. And everyone's got that. Ah, everyone's got that. And this story that I'm going to tell you comes from one of the guys who was in there who was big and strong and a macho man. And on the third day, he began to apologize and tell his, his story with tears in his eyes mm. amongst his colleagues in, in a business setting. So there, there was this man, and I noticed him. You know, He was sitting there, and as we uh, grouped together to discuss things, mm-hmm. he was always uh, set himself aside somewhat, crossed his legs, and often showed little uh, connection In- with the rest. That's right, mm-hmm. with the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. And on the third day, as he felt safe with us, and as we talked about fears, as, as it touched our hearts and it got us into a consciousness of ourselves, he said to the group, I must apologize to you all. He said, um, what happened in my younger days was I was a bad student. Mm-hmm. I, uh, at one, one day, I remember coming back from school and showing my failure, my results, Mm -hmm. uh, to my father. And I remember him taking out his belt to hit me. And I ran, he said. But he caught up with me. But I cannot remember the the physical pain of the belting. But today, I still remember his rejection. That was more painful. What you said about the emotional side of of pain. Exactly. And then he said... Mm. I fear rejection so much, he said, 
that when I am in a group, like when we, are to, when we have been together for three days, she said, I fear rejection so much that I reject the group before they can reject me. That's why I wow. sat on my own. Wow. And that's not constructive to that's group working. destructive. Yeah. Fear is destructive. So there is a solution. Oh, and yeah. we want to present that to our listeners today. What are the experts saying? Well, now... Who are the experts? Now, <laughs> this, is, this is where it goes. So in this uh, pharmaceutical company, the experts came. And what were they teaching uh, to overcome fear? And as, as a Christian, I sat there. Mm-hmm. And I realized that what they were teaching were not correct. It was, uh, 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 to my mind, ineffective compared to what I already knew about how Christ helps us overcome fear. So you're using the Bible to help your real life. Yes, exactly. Now I'll tell you what the experts teach, and then I'll tell you what the Bible teaches. Okay. And then you can contrast and choose for yourself, mm. right? Now, the experts the psychologists, uh, the life coaches, oh, they teach this. Fear is not real. It's just what you make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Right, for example, they, they told this story. On your first date, you're happy, you're joyful, you're anticipative, mm-hmm. you're in love. But as you near, near, got near to that first date, your hands are cold, Nervous. Yeah, nervous. You're breathing harder. There's a knot in your stomach. But you're happy. You are in love. Mm -hmm. Right. A month later, they said, uh, your boss asks you to speak to a thousand people. Mm -hmm. Public speaking. You talked about it. Yes, (laughs) yes. And they said, well, your hands are cold. You're nervous. Yes, you're nervous. You're breathing harder. You're not in your stomach. You're not in same, your stomach. Same kind of <laughs> yes. symptoms. But this time, they say, you're fearful. All right? So it's what you make out of it. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. It, it makes sense, right? Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, it's it, – and, and, and they went further, and they went further, and they said um, – after after that that session, uh, which was for three three and a half days, and they gave us uh, telephone numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we were in Singapore, and they were in UK and US. But they were life coaches, so they gave us the telephone numbers. And in case we had problems and questions, further questions, we'd call them. Mm-hmm. So I was in my office wondering uh, if my colleagues, uh, the other people who had participated in the program, had called them. So I checked with them, and they said, yeah, yeah, we called them. And I said, well, what were their responses? And my colleagues said, oh, they always tell you, close your eyes and follow my voice. I said, really? Oh, and, and they tell you how, how to de-stress. I said, I must try this. So I called my... Uh, <laughs> my life coach in the UK. And I said, hey, listen, I've got real trouble with my boss. He's a tyrant, mm-hmm. and I'm really stressed. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, Cocteau, um, close your eyes and listen to my voice over the phone. Mm-hmm. And I did. So he said, well, imagine you're on the beach. The sun is in your face. The wind is in your hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, your stress is just flowing down from the top of your head, down your shoulders, and 
and you're feeling relaxed and and all that stress is just now flowing down right and leaking out at your toes and now follow my voice and walk towards your office and so i did and and they said and he said open the door and i did and when i opened my office door which was a place of stress mm -hmm. it became a place of light and music and and it was really tranquil and peaceful okay. now what did they do to me right. they merged reality a stressful office with an imaginary uh, 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 scene Scenario. of mm -hmm. the beach. And by doing that to me, they merge reality with imagination. Yes. And release my stress for a moment. For a time. In that imagination. Mm -hmm. That is light hypnosis. Mm. Ah, very light. By merging reality with imagination. Imagination. You see? So this is what they thought. Yeah. So they discount reality, like, oh, you're in love and you feel great, and when you're uh, to speak to a thousand people, you don't feel great. And that's all imaginary, uh -huh. you see. That's what you make out of it. So th th they discount what is real to bring you comfort and tranquility, mm. right? Yep. And this thing can go actually very much further into... And the techniques people use now is meditation. Mm -hmm. Meditation is deep meditation can get you away from facing fears. But the fear is still there. It gets swept under the carpet. And you speak from experience, Cocteau, because you're in this meditation for many years. Yes, for 30 years, you know. And you've found a better way for yourself, and that's what you're sharing with us today. Yes. Now, let's uh, talk about that better method. Okay. The best method, I'd okay. say. All right. um, let's, let's go through seven steps from when we meet someone, a stranger, or a group of people, mm -hmm. to when we really get to know uh, selectively, perhaps, one or two of them really well. Okay. Uh, we take this in seven steps. All right. Now, if I were introduced to a group of people for the first time, the first thing I do is to say hi, a greeting. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. How are you? You know, get acquainted uh, briefly. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, and so forth. Mm -hmm. The next thing, because we want to connect with the other person, is to say and to talk about things, mm -hmm. not ourselves. Things, because we want to connect slowly. We want to sense out to safe territory. Yes, <laughs> yes. So we want to talk about things like, oh, on the way here, did you see that great big fire on that mountain? Uh -huh. Things. You okay. Know? And then we talk about. Other people, mm -hmm. perhaps family, family, common people that we know. Now, now I'm in Sydney, mm -hmm. and I say to you, "Hey, do you know Doctor So and So okay. in Sydney?" And so, if you know him and I know him, we're connecting. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We talk about other people, and then when we are comfortable, we talk about ourselves, um, our outside self first. What do you mean by that? Ah, if I walked with a limp. And I say to you, I had this accident, and I'm going to the hospital mm -hmm. for surgery. Now, I reveal to you some of what has happened to yes. me. Yes. Now, if I trust you further, I'll take one more step, the fifth step. I'll talk about my inside self. 
your feelings, ah, your emotions. Yes, I let how, you in. How do you, yeah, about that leg? You're fearful about this operation. It may not go well. It may go yeah, work exactly, great. Exactly, exactly. Okay. I say to you, you know, mm. I'm, I'm going for surgery next week, and I'm fearful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we talk about deeper things, mm -hmm. right? Number now, six. Now, six. Step six. If I'm really confident with you and like you so much, I might confide in you. Right? For example, I'd say, hey, you know, um, my daughter is going out with uh, that man, and you know that, fa that fella. Uh -huh. What do you think of him? Okay. Uh, do you think they'd make a, a good couple? Uh -huh. So <laughs> right. asking questions, asking advice, yes. sharing deeper things. Yes, and I might even ask you things like, you know, in my talk that you heard this morning, mm -hmm. what did you think? Mm -hmm. And if you said, oh, it was awful, I w and because I trust you and respect you, yep. I take it to heart. Mm -hmm. I'm not fishing for a compliment. Yeah? Because yep. I trust you, I value your judgment. Right. Yeah. That's talking about internal um, emotions and, and that. So what's the seventh step? Ah, the seventh step is the most important. It's when we get to a point where two persons or more uh, become one. Is this, is this in marriage or even well, before marriage? It can be marriage. It can be uh, uh, Good husband and wife and mother and child. It can be boss and uh, 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 an assistant. Okay. It can be in so many facets. But let's take um, husband and wife. Mm -hmm. you know? At that point, they're very open, very trusting. There are no mm -hmm. secrets. Mm -hmm. They'll talk about their greatest joy and their greatest fears. Very vulnerable. Ah, this is this is where it, it is the, the point of being one. Mm -hmm. But if there's betrayal, oh, that ah, hurts. It hurts. Now, if there's betrayal, mm. right, and things go bad, what happens to people is they get hurt and they jump back below the fifth step. So even retreat right back into a safer place. Yes. Now, for example, if, if I got married and had a great relationship with my wife, and God forbid, one day she ran away with mm. another man. I retreat. Yeah. I go back to saying hi to people and talk well, about things outside of myself. Not, and, mm. and if I met another man, a yeah. woman, I may enjoy her company. We may like the same food, uh, visit the same places of interest, but one day I might mm -hmm. say to myself, do I dare to let her into my life? Yeah. <laughs> right? Do yeah, I yeah. Let, allow, allow her to come into the fifth step, the sixth step, the mm -hmm. seventh? Do I want to do it again? And a lot of people have been hurt in the past, and that almost... Uh, affects their relationships from that point onwards unless yes. they deal with it correctly. Right. They may choose to live a shallow life, an un, mm. unengaged life yeah, from then yeah. on. I, I met a businessman. I was giving these talks, and I met a businessman, and he had been cheated, mm. but he made it back again. Mm -hmm. But he said to me, and he was a funny guy, very engaging, you know, very friendly, very mm -hmm. sociable, mm -hmm. made people laugh, but he said, I'll never trust Another person again. Oh, wow. You see? Mm -hmm. yeah. So these are the walls. Mm. I, I've made it back. I'm successful. I'm rich. 
look at my car, look at my house, look at my business, but I'll never trust another man again. Mm. You see? Yes. So there's that great big wall. They're walled in. They feel very comfortable. But it's a prison, you said. Yes, but it's a prison. Right. Now, what do we do? What do we do? We must take a look at Christ, Jesus on the cross. What does that do for us? On the cross, he was hurt. He was traumatized. They stirred his emotions up for him to give up on humanity. His friends ran away. His friends, his church was the one who crucified him. But what was Jesus' response, Cocteau? What ah, did he say? From the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Are you saying that forgiveness is the key? Forgiveness is the key. Love is the key. But look at Jesus, right? Mm. They, he would not leave step seven. Which is the open, trusting, but vulnerable stage. Yes, he kept his uh, meekness, his softness. He didn't harden up. Yeah. He didn't drop down to stage he four. Didn't, he didn't uh, speak violently yes. while they were treating him violently. Yes. So love He didn't is, retaliate. Yes, love is strong. Love is very strong. Love is meek. Yeah. Love doesn't retaliate. Oh, cocktail, that's Now, this that's is power. Hard. That's powerful, but this it's hard. Is, yes, it's hard. But So we must fix our eyes upon the one who is truly love. Then we will learn of that love and learn how perfect love, which only belongs to God, mm. will set us free. Set. Wow. Perfect love casts out fear. Can you say that again? Perfect love? And perfect love casts out fear. Wow. Now, I'll tell you a story. How human love, mm -hmm. the love of my parents, actually set some fears in me. <laughs> how, how did that happen? <laughs> well, uh, my great-grand... Well, my grandfather was an immigrant from China. Okay. Poor. Came up with no more than his clothes Suit on his back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same old story. Yep. Uh, they struggled. They they mm -hmm. they got a life together, and my parents still had those values. You know, uh, be be careful with your money. Work, work hard, hard, succeed, or, mm -hmm. or, or or you go hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and my mother said to me, uh, when I was a child, you know, growing up, going to school. And she said, "Look at that, that man there sweeping the, the streets. Mm -hmm. And in those days, you don't you, you don't drive a truck with a big Hoover to sweep the streets. Mm -hmm. You swept the streets By in hand. the hot sun with a great big broom, a bamboo mm -hmm. broom. And say, so if you don't study hard, you'd be like that man sweeping the streets. Mm. Oh, that she wanted to protect me, get me to study hard, get a good life. But she drove me with fear." <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah. She loved me. It was a motivation. <laughs> yes, a motivation. But it's fear-driven. Mm. So when I went to school, I was a good student. Mm. I got good marks. I got double promotion, the whole mm. lot. Mm -hmm. But I was fear-driven. So even when I got great marks, the, the joy and the relief, the relief, more the relief came just for a moment until the next exam. You were still and I was driven by fear again. Mm. The success did not allow me to taste success. Because I was overcome by fear. fear. So it really invades into your life. It's invasive. And it, it attacks uh, successful people, uh, people that are unsuccessful. Fear probably attacks all of us at one point in our life or another. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about The, the fear the, of the, the unknown, the fear of the known. 
Yeah, we talk about. Let's talk about the kinds of fear that 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 uh, uh, imprisons us. Mm-hmm. Um, we can look at the types of common emotional fears and, and see how they um, penetrate into our minds and, and and capture us. I talked about the fear of failure, right? Before we do that, is there a biblical example of someone that comes to mind that had this transformation in his life? Mm-hmm. I mean, is is there someone that was close to Jesus that experienced this kind of thing as a real-life story? Oh, yes. A true story. I, what comes to mind is Peter. Right? How, how did Peter deal with life? No, Peter. Peter. He was a fisherman. Yes, fisherman. Uh, and 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 in his walk with Christ, uh, in the many years, in the three years, uh, it was said that he was one of the more um, gung-ho, I would say, you know. He, speak first, think I'll speak later. speak first, think later. Um, Jesus, you know, I love you more than these, yep. your other disciples. I will defend you till the ends of the earth, yep. you know. He was that kind Very of bold. guy. Yeah, bold, yes. But then when he followed Jesus initially, mm-hmm. uh, the mission failed. Uh, he was depressed. He was uh, disenchanted. Mm. Went back to fishing. Threw it all away. Threw it all away. Went back to his old job. And in his old job, he caught no fish. So he was, a su- <laughs> he was not a successful disciple, neither a successful fisherman. <laughs> yes, yes. So he's, he's, he's down to zero. <laughs> yes, down to zero. But Christ appeared came back for him, and he saw Christ. Isn't that love? Yes, that's love oh, in wow. the first of the greatest, you know, to come back for someone who's deserted. Yes. Yeah. And then Christ even told him where to fish, and he caught fish. The nets were full. Two boatloads. Oh, yes. And An abundant catch. Yes, from the Lord. Nothing is, you know. <laughs> Couldn't get any worse than no yeah, fish. You, you get abundance. But then hmm. Peter was not interested in the nets nor the fish. Why? He saw the love of God. And what it did for him was to humble him to his own sense of fear, of inadequacy. Love did that? Yes. I think love is not blind. Love is powerful. It reveals to us what we need to know about ourselves. In a safe environment. Yes. Can we trust Jesus with our life? I mean, Jesus knew all about Peter, his, his failures, his temporary successes, yes, and yet he still loved him. Yes. Does Jesus offer the same to you and I? Every day, in every moment, that we may be strong, that we may be freed of our fears. That's the whole purpose of the engagement of Jesus with us. Is that why he does it? Yes. And I'll tell well, the Peter story goes yeah. on. Okay, right? go on. Let, let's just finish this, this yeah. first part, right? When he saw, he saw the, the fish and the nets, he, he lost interest in them, and he went up to Jesus and grabbed Jesus' heel hmm. and said, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. But in grabbing Jesus' heel, what he meant to say, and he felt it in hmm. his soul, hmm. you know, I only deserve your heel, the lowest part of it. That's sufficient for me. Hmm. And that also showed that he was torn between love and his, his, and his sin. Hmm. He was humbled by it. Hmm. So love, true love comes, reveals our sin, reveals love in the first place. And in the instant, and, and when we're un- engulfed with love, we see our weakness, our hmm. sins. Hmm. 
and we love the Lord at the same time. So we're torn in two opposing directions. It's an authentic encounter with love. Yes. We're torn by love, lifted by love, yes. and humbled by our sins and our weaknesses. Mm. And that is the moment of realization, mm-hmm. the moment of a oneness with God. And the very next moment, Jesus said, follow me. And Peter gave up everything and, and followed, followed him. him. You see, this that's, is oneness. That's beautiful. Yeah. So now, the engagement yeah. with Peter goes on, right? Um, and you remember this, uh, the uh, prison, the, the, no, the, the, the temple guards came for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Peter, still bold. Gets his sword out. Gets his sword out. <laughs> oh, and, <laughs> and, and, and struck off someone's ear, right? And Jesus healed it. Mm. And then they, they dragged Jesus off. To be uh, to be whipped, mm-hmm. and then as they dragged him, traumatized him, and mocked him, and shamed him, and as they dragged him to judgment hall, and there was Peter, mm-hmm. and Peter said three times, "Don't know I, the man. I don't know who this man is." No. But even in that traumatized state, the Bible says Jesus looked at Peter with a look of love pity and mm. sorrow. In his own pain, he, Jesus did not look into himself. Mm-hmm. He looked outwards to engage Peter. Wow. And that look drove Peter yes. to weep in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hmm. And here are the words from um, an early writer uh, of our church. Mm-hmm. And she said, Ellen White said, with blinding tears, mm-hmm. he made his way to the solitudes of the Garden of Gethsemane, and there prostrated himself where he had seen his Savior's prostrate form earlier. He remembered with remorse that he was asleep when Jesus prayed during those fearful hours. His proud heart broke, and penitential tears moistened the sod so recently stained with the bloody sweat drops of God's dear son. Peter left the garden a converted man. Wow. And after that, right, he became courageous. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. You know, it is when our tears from our life of realization, realization that in our life we have weaknesses, Mm -hmm. that we had depended too much on our own strength, on our Mm. own, the strength of our own flesh. And then when we realize the strength and the love of God, Mm. it is when our tears are mingled with His lifeblood, the power of His life, then and only then we become strong. Wow. Now this is true conversion. This is true strength. Yes. Our guest on Life Learnings today is Kokto Yip, a speaker and researcher from Singapore. And uh, if you'd like to find out further information about his presentations or to obtain a DVD of his uh, topics, contact 3ABN Australia. Kokto, what did Jesus do with this emotional, um, these, these different levels of emotional um, engagement with Peter? Did he 
bring Peter to a close relationship with him? Oh, he, as God draws us with his love, mm-hmm. he cuts self from the soul. Is that a good thing? Ah, well, let's, let's take a look at other um, accounts of our, the people in the Bible. Other stories? Other the Bible. stories. Okay. Other stories. What I want to say and to, to elaborate on is this engagement, the true encounter with God. Uh-huh. Every time the, uh, in these accounts, when they encountered God, they saw the love of God on one hand. And in the same instance, they saw their weaknesses. And they didn't run from those weaknesses because they're real. We all know that we've failed. We all know that we've done things wrong. Mm-hmm. If we were to look at our weaknesses on our own, we'd run from them. That's fear. Yes. Right? But in the context, when we see it in God's love, when we are, well, engulfed or confronted with his love, we do not run because that love strengthens us to confront our own fears. That's when we can turn and I confront see. our own fears. I see. You see? So, let, and, and this is where God, the real encounter is where God takes us in two opposing directions. He shows us his love. It elevates it. It comforts us. But at the same time, we are humble to see our sins. It's taking us in two directions, almost tears us apart. All right, now, uh-huh. look at Isaiah. When he saw the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, what mm. did he utter? He said, Lord, I am undone. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yes. And the very next moment, I'm a man of unclean lips. Yes. And he was cleansed, right? Yes. And see, the, the love of God, seeing God, uh, the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. Whoa, you know. But he Majesty. Majesty, yes. So that's the moment of realization. The moment of realization of our weakness is when we see strength, then we know our weakness. When we see love, then we know our fears. Mm. But the power that we see heals us, corrects us, yes. elevates us. Hmm. You see? Okay. Yeah. Now it brings us to the to the to the experience of spiritual baptism. Right? In baptism you are torn in two opposing directions. How do you mean? There baptism is when you share in the death of Christ mm-hmm. and you share in his life, his resurrection, at in the same moment, <laughs> yeah. As you go into the waters of baptism, you rise from the waters of baptism. So, but the spiritual meaning mm-hmm, is this: mm-hmm. you are torn between life and death. In the same moment, you experience death and life. Mm. You see, this is a true encounter. This new is new life. New life. Mm. It's only when we see new life mm. that we can die mm. to self. Yeah, If we just saw death on its own, oh, we would run away from mm, death mm. to what we think is life, but it's not the power of the new life. So you're saying that uh, fear in the context of love is powerful and death in the context of life and life with Jesus is powerful. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's uh, healing. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And so this is the... Uh, the um, the true encounter, mm. the benefits of the true encounter. Mm-hmm. Let, let's uh, take a look at our common emotional fears. Okay. Right? 
if I were to ask you, what are our common um, humanity's common emotional fears? Mm-hmm. Uh, what 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 would you think? You know, oh, fear of of shame, failure, um, lo- loneliness. Mm, yes, uh, particularly uh, in Australia. I I, I was. Uh, Working in the health center in Australia for about three and a half years, and um, Australians by and large don't live with their children, the older folks. Yep, is that different? And so loneliness came yeah. up over and over again as a concern, as a main as a Australian fear. fear you know? And that's not only for the older people, but also younger people that are alone, mm-hmm. that haven't found their their spouse or or companion. Mm-hmm. Um, well. What came up was also death. Many people fear death. Oh, yes. I mean, we're, we're not born to die. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. people that work in the health industry understand that, yes. that there's a struggle for life. Yes. Often there's a struggle for life. Yes. And in my country, well, not my country, but in the East, uh, in Asia, mm-hmm. uh, another big fear is poverty. Mm. Yeah. So now, what are the seen as the solution, regarded as the world, as the solution to these fears. Let's contrast them. Okay. Right. Failure. Failure, one of my fears, uh, is the compensation is success. Mm-hmm. But it's not a true uh, solution, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I had good results from, you know, school what we call standard yep. one, standard two, and uh, true, true, true school. But... I didn't taste the success because I was driven by fear. Yeah. Mm. And in fact, the greater my fear, the greater success I want, but they were compensations. They are not solutions. Uh, uh, okay. See where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let's, let's talk about compensations. Compensations are what we think are the solutions. For example, poverty. Mm-hmm. All right? If I start being poor and I make a million, mm-hmm. do you think I'll stop at a million? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. not. <laughs> Maybe not even five, you know? Yeah. So they're compensations. It's not a solution. It's not a solution. The, the walls just grow higher. Okay. Uh, now, shame. Oh, we want acceptance. Yeah. At any price. Mm. Yeah. And, and people go into all sorts of bad acceptance with groups of, um, you know. Um, I'll give you one example. Yep. All right. I heard this story in China. There was this young man who wanted to be with his friends, but he was not rich. Uh And he sold one of his kidneys to buy an iPad. Oh, no. Right? (laughs) I don't know. iPad, let's say version uh, 4. Okay. Right? Now, when a version... Five <laughs> comes up. What would he do? Sell his other kidney? You know, just to be with it. That's... Yeah. The fear of rejection. Mm. To be with it. Right? So, and loneliness. Uh, we want friendship. Yeah. And oftentimes, if we're lonely, we don't care what kind of friends we make. Just as long as they're friends of some As kind. long as they're friends. Mm. These are compensations. Yeah. Sickness? Sickness. We want wellness. Right? We, we fear... Sickness, we fear death. So we, we reach out for wellness now. And then we begin to take, oh, tons of supplements and... Looking, <laughs> looking for health pills and... Yes. And we, we even overdo it, right? Mm. Um, so it, it gets to be compensation. 
Right. So that's not the true solution you're saying? That's not the true solution. When so, we fear death, we want to live life to its fullest, mm-hmm. recklessly even. Mm. Yeah, We may want to eat too much, you know, go for the Enjoy. best. Enjoy. Yeah, the best wine, the best meats, for example. But these things are, some of them, a lot of them are not good for you. Yeah. So these overcompensations actually cause big problems. Okay, so Cocteau, explain to us what in your mind is our true solution. What solution? What's the true solution? Right. Now the question is, how did Jesus confront fears? Now, he was born in the likeness of sinful flesh. Mm-hmm. The flesh that can be discouraged, mm-hmm. flesh that feels pain. Hunger. Hunger, mortal. Mm-hmm. And how did he confront his fears? Right? He prayed to his father. He prayed to his father. Um, and, 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 and he prayed to his father. He connected with his father. And I think the, the, the place where we can see most clearly his confrontation was with fear mm-hmm. is when they crucified him. How did he deal with that? Mm-hmm. First, they traumatized him. Mm-hmm. And then they insulted him. They mocked him. Mm-hmm. They shamed him. They his friends rejected ran away. them. Yep. Yeah. But his love for us was so strong, it did not deter him from the cross. And at the cross, mm-hmm. he was shamed. Mm-hmm. That's one of our fears. Yes. But at the cross, the shame was enhanced by crucifying him naked mm. to make shame more shameful. Mm. But we know that there is shame at the cross, but we are, it is the gospel. Uh, it is where we find strength. Because Christ took that shame, mm. his, that great shame, his love is greater. That's, that's beautiful. That, yeah. That's the power of the gospel, isn't it? Yes. Love is greater. Love is the greatest. Yes. Now, he died on the cross mm. of a broken heart. It was not from bleeding and the spear. He was rejected by his own people and rejected by God the Father. His heart broke. Mm. So he took, there is an exchange at the cross. Mm -hmm. At the cross, it speaks of his great love, Mm -hmm. which overcomes fear. And those fears which he took are our fears. Mm. If he took my, if he loved me so much and took my loneliness, Mm What is he giving me in exchange? His acceptance, yes. his love. Christ's absolute love. Exactly. So at the cross, a great exchange took place. Mm. Everything that we feared, he took. Mm-hmm. He took the shame. He took the rejection. Mm-hmm. He took the loneliness. He took our death mm-hmm. that he may give us life. life. And not just temporary life, eternal life. Exactly. So at the cross, mm. a great exchange took place. And as I observed this myself, mm-hmm. uh, when I observed this for the first time, I was a Buddhist. Mm-hmm. And as a Buddhist, I, I had my fears, mm-hmm. my failures, my shame, my rejection, my loneliness, and so forth. Mm-hmm. But Buddhism taught me that these are illusions. Mm. And the way to deal with these fears are to detach from life, away from these fears. But as I detach from these fears, I also detach from the joys of life. Mm. 
the courage of life. And I was to find an inner reality which connected with the universe. And the universe itself is energy and planets and stars, mm-hmm. but there was no love. No relationship. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I saw Christ on the cross and understood what he took and what he gave. Mm. And that changed your life. And that changed my life. Wow. It was my U-turn. Wow. But to, and today, when I see people teaching compensations in place of fears, I am saddened. Mm-hmm. And I saw my experts in uh, that pharmaceutical company teach that in relation to, to these fears, oh, your fears are not real. It's what you make them out mm. to be. Yeah. Right? Now, if death is not real, is that the solution? It's running away from it. Yeah. It is about how life eternal mm. can be so real. Yeah. And so precious that God would come and show us how we can have it. Yes. That is the strength of the gospel. That is the strength of mm. Christ. Yes. And we must not miss this perspective, this truth. Mm. If we are taught that we can run from our fears, we can hide from our fears, we can blame someone for, for our fears, or that our fears are not real, we have missed where the real solution is. Mm-hmm. Our guest today on Life Learnings is Kokto Yip, a researcher and, in, and international speaker from Singapore. Kokto, you've shared a little bit about your own experience and that the cross of Christ was central to your life change. Do you want to elaborate on that, please? Well, I'll tell you a bit about what I learned about the brain. Mm-hmm. In the brain, there's something called the amygdala. Mm -hmm. That's the part of the limbic system. Mm -hmm. It's your fight or flight mechanism. Mm -hmm. If you saw something on the ground that looked like a snake, your your amygdala kicks in Mm -hmm. and, you know, you jump. jump It's fight or flight. But if you looked at that that object on the ground and you realize, oh, it's just the garden hose, Mm your frontal lobe comes into play. Mm -hmm. Something in your frontal lobe called the ACC Mm -hmm. recognizes this and it calms the amygdala. Mm -hmm. So the frontal lobe calms the amygdala. Mm -hmm. Now there is an interplay between the frontal lobe, the ACC, let's call it the ACC, the Mm -hmm. anterior cingulate cortex. Mm -hmm. The anterior cingulate cortex is responsible for love, Mm -hmm. worship, reality, Mm -hmm. the will. Mm-hmm. When this is activated, the amygdala calms down. Now, if you should be driven at work by a bo- your boss and mm-hmm. he's not uh, uh, um, sympathetic, he wants the work done by Thursday, week after week gives you no help. Mm-hmm. Your amygdala fires over time. Mm-hmm. And before long, you're depressed. That's the amygdala. Mm-hmm. Now, the scientists, many scientists have researched this and found that when the ACC is turned on, it calms the amygdala, and they call this the hope and optimism circuit. Oh, okay. So how does that help us? Okay. So now the question is, how do we switch on, yes. activate the, um, the the ACC? Right? Okay. Here is a, a circuit. They call it the hope and optimism circuit. It's like a, a, a hard wire circuit. You switch on the, um, the ACC, and you calm the 
amygdala. Hmm. All right. So they began to look at this thing, and there's the Dr. Beauregard, uh, uh, Montreal University. Mm-hmm. And he's, he looked at um, romantic love. Mm-hmm. And so he puts the, um, the lady in the machine, uh, has a, 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 a functional MRI, which actually sees her brain working. Mm-hmm. Sees what parts in, in real time. In real time, mm-hmm. what is firing. Mm-hmm. And he shows the lady a picture of her love. Someone she's romantically involved with. Mm -hmm. And immediately, three places in the brain fires up. Mm. Every time, three places in romantic love. One part is the HTC. Mm. So it's involved with romantic love. Mm -hmm. And then Dr. Beauregard began to get curious. He looked at, wanted to know what fires in the brain in unconditional love. Mm. Uh, And so he devised the the scientific term, Mm -hmm. the definition. Unconditional love is when um, someone cares for another, mm-hmm. but the other who's being cared for cannot return that love. The, uh-huh. the person is either very sick, dying, or very poor. Mm-hmm. No chance of repaying. Re- repaying. Mm-hmm. That's unconditional love. So they put the carer in the machine, mm-hmm. the, a picture of the one being cared for, mm-hmm. and guess what? Seven places in the brain lights up, and it lights up like a Christmas tree. So the first one was three with romantic love. Yes. And here, with a caring kind of love, seven. Unconditional. Unconditional care. love. Yes. And one one part that lights up brightly is the ACC. Again. Again. Now, when the brain lights up, it's good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more activity there is, the better it is. So unconditional love rendered has a reward of its own wired in. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. And it comes the amygdala. Now, people yes. who are involved in social work, who get, well, volunteers and so forth. Yes. Well, in Singapore, where I come from, there are many, and there's a story of a, an old lady who does an, uh, uh, social work. Mm-hmm. She is mentally, spiritually very healthy. Hmm. Not a worry. Always talking about positive, uh, positive about other people. Mm. Yeah, a tremendous example for society. Nice. Yeah, because her brain lights up in seven places. Yeah, it's may I say this? It's better than romantic love. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's pretty bold. <laughs> no. Because oftentimes people think romantic love is the pinnacle of of expressing love. Yes, but unconditional love, res, uh, r- given to someone. Actually, is better for our brain than romantic love. That's yes. that's powerful. It heals depression. Mm. Now imagine this. That as a Christian, I spend an hour a day, let's say, mm. in thoughtful, uh, a thoughtful hour a day on the closing scenes of Calvary. Mm. Now that's where unconditional love is portrayed by Christ to humanity, to me personally. Yes. and So the, we're on the receiving end. Yes. And, and it still, it will lighten up your brain in seven places for an hour a day at least. And it has residual effects all throughout the day. Think what that does for you. Cocteau, are you suggesting that if I spend a thoughtful hour a day contemplating, thinking about God's love for me, that that will calm my fears? 
it not only will calm your fears, it will draw you out into service for others. Because of what Christ has done for me. Yes. So you're saying that the, that the centrality of Jesus Christ and who he is, what he did, changes my life? Is that what you're saying? Completely. And that's Over what, time. That's Over what happened time. to you? Yes. And I can only thank God for plucking me out of something, a, medic, a meditative practice that shoved every of my weakness and my concerns and my issues of my life under the carpet. And this this was not a true solution, whereas in the Christian uh, worldview, Christ-centered, are you saying that that gave you freedom? Yes. And observe this, uh, this, this, this aspect of the cross. Mm-hmm. Christ was traumatized, rejected shame. Mm-hmm. They wanted to stir his amygdala up. <laughs> Right? Yeah. If his amygdala wasn't controlled by his frontal lobe, his ACC, he would have lost it. Lost it. And we would be lost. Now, his ACC was trained throughout his life. He led a loving life, a caring life. He was selfless. He thought about other people. He prayed often. Yes. Spent hours in prayer. And that connection strengthen the networks in his brain for love. You see, wow. when we, whatever we fire in our brain, the scientists say this, mm-hmm. what fires together, wires together. Yes. That circuit grows stronger and stronger. So, so his, it, might, it might be hard at first, but then it gets that's progressive, uh, progressive. Like everything else. Yes. So Jesus, as he grew up, strengthened his love circuits, mm. particularly his ACC, mm. to the point that it controlled his amygdala. They tried to stir him up and didn't succeed. His ACC fired over time Mm -hmm. and love won. At the cross. At the cross. And that's why he could say, Hmm. forgive them for they know not what they do. And that wasn't just words. That was his experience. He forgave them and he showed them unconditional love. Yes. And I realized that when I heard this speaker, I saw um, mm. the workings of God upon the cross, and I felt that love, and I saw my sins. And that was my turning point. Wow. Now, I want to read something to you that I um, that captured what I felt when I heard this speaker. Mm-hmm. What's that quote? And this is my, my turning point. This mm. is From the Desire of Ages by Ellen White. It's a good book. Yes, great book. And we recommend it. Mm-hmm. Christ was treated as we deserve, that we might be treated as he deserves. He was condemned for our sins in which he had no share, that we might be justified by his righteousness in which we had no share. He suffered the death which was ours, that we might receive the life which was his. With his stripes, we are healed. And that's this a, that's captured, a powerful quote. Yeah, powerful. And after that experience of listening to that speaker, after mm. knowing the uh, the strength of God's love and mm-hmm. the weakness of my own self, I was looking and searching high and low for the words that reflected that experience. And finally, I found it Beautiful. in what you've just heard. Mm. So I've only got the Lord Jesus Christ mm. to thank for this journey which he had initiated for me 
by his own strength of love. Cocteau, can this be our listeners' experience also? Ah, yes. Well, one thing is to read the Bible. The other thing is to have a an hours of devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, another simple thing is to rest well and um, do social work. This help is, someone else. Yes, think of someone else. Yeah, yeah. It is when we think about ourselves that we get too involved with the self, and that's when emotional pain does not Go get away. released. Yeah. yeah. So these are things very practical. Change your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, go for exercise. It's very good for the brain. Mm-hmm. You get brighter. You're more in control. You think that Clear, that clearer. hour that you spend will be more uh, productive, more vivid. Mm. These are very simple things. Cocteau, you've shared some wonderful things with us today. Our guest today has been Cocteau Yip, a researcher and international speaker from Singapore. For more information about his presentations, you can visit his website, which is meditations-mindyourbrain.com. You can contact us at 3ABN Australia Radio, visit our website, or give us a call, 024973-3456. Cocteau Yip, thank you so much for being our guest. We'll continue this conversation in the next program. Thank you very much. My pleasure. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.